This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. You're listening to Living Green, Everybody Inspired to Succeed. I'm your host, Meredith Medland, and today I'll be introducing you to outdoor fitness expert, Tina Vidham. Tina and I met in Mill Valley, California, while I was being certified to teach outdoor fitness trainer workshops. These are sort of train-the-trainer workshops on outdoor training. And I was amazed with her enthusiasm, passion, and the commitment that has allowed her to just soar in the world of outdoor fitness. So first, of course, she was an athlete, alpine skier, trail runner, inline skater, professional mountain bike rider. You've probably seen her featured before in Self or Prevention, uh, Fitness Magazine, Sports Illustrated for Women. She's been quoted many times in the New York Times and LA Times. And she's been teaching her fitness techniques for more than 15 years. Today, she's going to talk about her book, Outdoor Fitness, Step Out of the Gym and Into the Best Shape of Your Life, as well as some of her experiences with outdoor fitness programs for kids. Tina, welcome to the show. Let's start right away with your outdoor fitness program. I know it's the only accredited outdoor fitness program in our country, but can you let our listeners know what that means? Sure, Meredith. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show today. And um, yeah, so what outdoor fitness is for trainers and being the only accredited program means that it's been um, approved by the governing body of fitness. So for example, there's the American Council on Exercise. Um, There's the American College of Sports Medicine, all these different certifying bodies that train trainers to be personal trainers. Well, they have approved my programming so that trainers can come in and learn the techniques on how to shift from the gym and take everything outdoors in a safe manner that's effective where clients are going to get what they want done. And so that's what they do. They come to me for a weekend workshop, which is pretty intensified, and they learn all the different techniques, how to put a program together together how to keep it safe, like I said, and then they go off on their own and they produce their own program, programming themselves um, using these um, certified techniques. Awesome. Well, I certainly love that workshop and I've loved working with you. And I want my listeners, today you're going to learn the top three reasons why exercising outdoors makes a better workout than even going to the gym. You'll also learn why lovers of indoor cycling or spinning or kickboxing how they can replace high-calorie burning workouts in the gym with time outdoors. We're going to talk about the discipline that Tina accessed to publish her book, Outdoor Fitness, and learn about that story. We'll learn a little bit more about what it means to be an outdoor fitness certified trainer and how Tina's making an impact on kids across the United States by getting them outside. Tina, thank you so much for being with me here today. I want to get started right away and ask, why is it important for us to get outside and out of the gym? It is critically important. We've gotten so far away from where we're supposed to be as human beings. And I always say, 
nature is the most powerful contributor that we have to our health, fitness, and well-being. And right now, as you know, Meredith, unfortunately our country is suffering two-thirds of the population overweight, uh, not feeling well. The number one disability in the country is depression. And I ask myself, why is that? And I see people are stuck in their offices, stuck in their homes, stuck in their cars, driving from their home with the car to the gym to be inside and work out. We are not getting outdoors in the natural light, the fresh air with the natural terrain that's around us, grass, trees, being in the company of birds. So when we do this, science shows us that when we get away from it, when we are not exposed to the outdoors, we don't feel well and we have what's called dis-ease. We don't have ease with ourselves. But what they find is when kids especially um, and adults get outside and integrate with the environment, we start to feel better. So number one reason, it's the most powerful contributor to our health, fitness, and well-being. I love it. I've certainly experienced that myself. I recently moved to Carpinteria, which is near Santa Barbara, right on the beach, and been spending a lot more time doing yoga at sunset on the beach and having all sorts of fun. And it makes my uh, my drive to my 6 a.m. spinning class uh, that I teach in Santa Barbara a little more challenging, knowing the beach is right there. So the number one question that I'm getting from my students is, how in the world can I replace a spinning workout with an outdoor exercise routine because there's absolutely no comparison what I can do outdoors than what I can do in the gym for 45 minutes. So are they trying to say I want that same um, exertion? I want to feel like I just, you know, really got this deep workout. Is that what it is? Where I'm sweating exactly. all over the place? Yeah, being inside for one, um, it's going to create, create more perspiration. So we like to sweat. That feels pretty good to get that out. We're getting the toxins out, a lot of people think, and that sort of thing. But that's from being indoors part of it. So you can have the wind in your face and ride just as hard and you won't sweat as much, and so maybe that just doesn't feel the same. But here's the deal. When we get off that linear bicycle going on a bike to nowhere, spinning around and around and around using the same <laughs> muscles in a fixed position, the upper body gets basically not a whole lot, right? But right. in the outdoors, when we take it on the natural terrain, whether it's the sand, the grass, a hill, steps, going up, going down, going sideways, going diagonally, we are recruiting so much more muscle fiber, burning way more calories to support those muscles, right? Working hard, heart and lungs working at the same time. So calorie for calorie, you get more done outdoors. So just knowing that getting past the, I got to sweat all over the place to feel like I did something uh-huh. and knowing that fresh air and, and, you know, having that perspiration dry off a little bit easier, it, it, it's not the same thing. It's not the same uh, kind of um, an experience there, right? Exactly. So, awesome. I love it. Now, the next thing in regard to that is, you know, I teach children's martial arts. And so we have, we also have fitness and kickboxing in, uh, in our facility. And that's another thing that I hear a lot from our kickboxers is, there's no way that I can get the, you know, the actual physical punching in the bags and the turning of my hips and, and that level of exercise out on the beach or outside. It's just not possible. And um, it's an easy argument to go against as far as the ab work or push-ups or doing some of those things outside. Mm-hmm. But what about the specificity of those movements? How do you, uh, how do you train that outdoors? You know, it's really funny you should say that. When I first started in Mill Valley, I set up my business on my back deck, you know. And I remember, if, you, yeah. if, any, if people know Mill Valley, it's a forested place. It's up on a hillside where I live. And so um, out in the backyard, I had a, punt, a bag hanging from a tree. And when we didn't have the bag around, because I, I enjoyed that too, kicking around and punching and things like that. 
we would just use a tree limb. So you find you know, a branch hanging down, and you find that you, you want to keep kicking that sort of uh, pine bough. And we, you know, it's pretty high. It was over and over and over again. It was really fun. It's very different. But you can bring some of these things outdoors, the, the tools and the, the, um, the toys, and still get a great workout with your punching bag. Now, see, that's a tougher thing to do in nature, I know. But you can mimic some of those movements outdoors. And are there any research studies or evidence around how we're using our muscles and we get accustomed to using those same muscles and therefore we want to do that same activity so it's hard to break out of those patterns? Yeah, there have been studies that show how smart our bodies are. And, and here's the thing. Our bodies are always seeking the path of least resistance. We want to get to know that movement so we can do it over and over again. But the problem is we go on autopilot. So, and we don't want that. We want to keep challenging ourselves. So one of the things that I love to do in my own um, work with my clientele is keep mixing it up so they don't know what's coming. You know, throw them for a loop every now and then so that they have to completely adjust to fine motor movements and different types of movements so that the brain has to work just as hard as their body. Perfect. I think one of the things that's really important for our listeners to know is that when you're exercising outdoors, the amount of core stability that's required or the muscles that are recruited, just like you talked about when you're riding an outdoor bike, is way different than any experience you'd get at the gym, even on a BOSU ball. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. There are no mirrors outside, right? You can't look and adjust uh, through a mirror or um, anything like that. So we have to kinesthetically go in and feel our way around. And the coolest part, I love that you mentioned this, is because we are constantly adjusting to terrain. And that comes the, from the deepest inner unit, the deep stability muscles called our inner unit. And that's what gets flat abs. It's not a bunch of crunches, by the way, as you know. It's using those deep stability muscles to flatten that organ droop that happens over time or after having a baby. The lower abdominals just droop. We want that tight. And so a lot of that just comes from doing really really deep stability training. Definitely. Now, one of the things that I really love about your website, which is located at OutdoorFitness.com, and if you're on Facebook, you can also visit Tina and find video updates and all sorts of cool stuff about new things that she's launching, and that's on Facebook at Outdoor Fitness as well, is that you've got testimonials on your website. And one of them is, um, is, really, is from a woman who talks about what an extraordinary transformation her life has taken on through working out outside and she was really into the gym and working out a lot in the gym before and it wasn't so much about weight loss of the focus on weight loss but it was a whole bunch of other benefits can you talk about some of the the testimonials and transformations that have occurred in your clients yes this one thing that's pretty amazing Meredith that I have seen with pretty much every client and even the guys is that what I want people to do, first of all, is learn to integrate with the environment. I call it environmental integration. And so when we get together for an experience, a workout, a session, um, I want people to really tap into what's going on around them. So what they see, what they feel through their feet, what they smell, um, what they hear. So you're completely integrated into the environment no matter where you are. And what happens is you get so in touch with yourself and you become one with everything around you that it becomes overwhelming sometimes for some people. And it actually just happened yesterday again um, with one of my clients. She, you spontaneously start weeping and people kind of get embarrassed and think, what is that? What is that? And I say, it's a great thing. It's wonderful because you've gotten so tapped into this place where you are and it feels so joyful. It's so happy and you become, um, you, you 
get these tears of joy that just happen. And so that's one of the things that tra- how people transform is they, they learn about this place and they think, wow, I never even knew this was possible. And it's so simple. So from a client or a trainer going through this for the first time, it's as if this whole new world has opened up. And it's so exciting and overwhelming at the same time. So from that place, yeah. they're feeling good, right? And so without getting into too much detail, because I know we have limited time, is that they've learned um, to, to feel good. And I know that that's why people keep coming back. It feels good. It's not because my butt is higher, my butt is tighter, my biceps are bigger. Uh-uh. I feel fantastic. And that makes a big difference in body image as well, because if you're oh. feeling good, it doesn't really matter what you're looking like. I mean, there's a lot less yeah. attention on the mirrors. But you know what else I found, Maris? When we get to this place where you can just be, we're not, we don't have that anxiety anymore. A lot of overeating and this type of stuff comes from anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so when we get shed that whole layer of crap off, it's it just you don't want to go grab the candy bar anymore. You, don't, you just don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. The drug of choice becomes feeling good. The drug is not the sugar anymore. The drug is not the alcohol anymore. The drug becomes, oh, I feel high. I feel good. I'm really glad that you spoke about that, those teary moments or those moments of inspiration. I distinctly remember in my training with you as an instructor, really what you're talking about is mindfulness, being mindful of surroundings, whether that's the, you know, what the, the temperature of the breath feels like in, in our bodies or what our surroundings look like or the feel of our feet on the beach as it's running, running through the sand. And what I've found is that the more in touch we can be within our body there is that that deeper feeling of joy you know the benefits of being outdoors are are tremendous there are so many I find that nature is the most powerful contributor to our health fitness and well-being which I said before but think about it the outdoor air versus the indoor air the EPA has a squarely on their website that uh, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, even in the most industrialized cities. So we need to be outside to just get some fresh air every day. And also, I hate to bring this part up, but, you know, germs and bugs and things like that, the MRSA virus, they're now finding it in health clubs. I don't want to be the scare monster, but we've got to be aware of these things that, you know, we're, we're getting the signals that we do need to be back in touch with, with where we've come from in the outdoor world. So nature being a powerful contributor to health. The other thing is if you want to blast calories and reshape your body, no better place than outside, up, down, diagonally, laterally. Just keep mixing it up and adding fun exercises like lunging up a hill, things like that, or a pull up on a tree or a monkey bar, super, super fun. And then the other thing is just remember this, it doesn't cost you a dime to just take it outside now and then, right? You don't have to be part of a gym. I don't want to take people away from your martial arts class. I'm sure it's fantastic. But, you know, just getting outside and, and hopping on a bike or just jogging down the beach, it's, there's no better medication. Indeed. And, you know, it does take something for people to do that and to take that first step. And I think taking a week and doing it three times will immediately demonstrate to you the value. And if you're looking for inspiration, Tina's new book, Outdoor Fitness, goes through all the different reasons why it's great, what the workouts are that you can do, and gives you very, very specific examples as well as information that's on our Facebook page. So you make sure if you're really interested in this, go ahead and grab the book, get outside, and you've got all the training tools that you need. And it's a blast in every way. Exactly. And it's tons of fun. And the more the (laughs) merrier. Exactly. That's right. So one of the other things you've got going on that I'm so inspired by is your work with girls. And you're working with something called Girl Force Outside through Vanderbilt University. I'm wondering if you can share about that with our listeners. 
Yeah, so years ago this started um, the program through Susan McDonald at Vanderbilt, and she came to me, and she actually did a workshop um, like you did, Meredith, and oh. she was very inspired by that, and she said, this is what we need to, uh, we need you to get involved with this program that we're putting together for girls. So they actually used the manual that I wrote and, and incorporated that with uh, training kids. And what this is about, it's really about a program for sort of um, preteen girls ages 7 to 12. And it's a, it's a workshop and a program that promotes physical activity, healthy eating habits, and positive body image for young girls so that they can sort of get ahead of that before high school and really feel good about themselves and, and um, each other. And also they, they've added this smoking abstinence component to it so that they can really learn girls why it's important not to smoke and really get the visuals on it and, and the science behind it and really get ahead of that so that they, when they enter high school, they, they're feeling good and healthy and solid. And so the other part of this is that most of this work is done in the outdoors so that kids, who a lot of kids in the inner city ha have not seen little bugs and animals that, you know, typical kids would see in a park or um, living in the mountains or wherever at the beach. It's, it's amazing how many kids have never seen certain things um, in nature that, you know, a lot of us did growing up playing with bugs in the dirt. And that's part of the fun is they discover. It's just discovery. And so that's the thrill. So these programs, Girl Force, um, are going into various sort of health facilities and schools. And um, the latest one that I was involved with was the YMCA San Francisco the program went there. And so it's just so much fun to see these inner city kids come out and really explore. Mm, that's so inspiring. I just love it. I, I've been studying a lot about the obesity rates in children and what's happening in the United States, particularly I'm teaching three to 15 year olds martial arts during the day and uh, in different classes. And I've just really been amazed as I'm looking at the statistics and, and realizing that obesity is you know top three problem for kids eight to 12 years old. And so it just seems really like sad. that's one, one of the pieces that's really helping with it. Yeah. You know, have you heard of the term nature deficit disorder? Sure. In fact, Richard Louvre, who's the guy that right, um, right. coined that, coined was it. the yep. second, uh, second interview on livinggreenshow.com on this show. Yeah, and this is, you know, one of those things he talks about where the kids are running for the, the plug rather than the playground. It's just kids need to be shown, not told. They need to experience. Otherwise, we're not going to have these changes. So the fact that you're teaching kids and showing them how to use their bodies and, you know, for, for me, for example, showing them how to, you know, do fun exercises in the grass, rather than telling them to go out and play, we need to show them and, and, and teach them how to do these things, and then they own it. So really what you're training and your book about is about is teaching adults to get outside and play. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And, and actually, actually backing it up with some fun science on, you know, oh, sure, you can tell me these things, uh, but here are the hard facts, you know, that we, why we feel better outdoors, why it's better on our body, um, why we need it, and, and so forth. So, yeah, the book has been a labor of love, and it's been a long time in the making, and I'm just really proud that it's out there, and I, I really hope that it's, going to have some longevity and perhaps be an evergreen so that, you know, people can keep going back to it. Oh, I definitely think it will. You know, you can get it on Amazon, of course, and you can get more information on, about the book at OutdoorFitness.com. And Tina, I, I've taken writing classes and done writing and definitely haven't uh, written a book, but I understand the discipline that it takes to actually mm -hmm. write these manuals. There's no mm -hmm. easy thing. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your self-discipline and how that applies to writing this book and, and perhaps that might translate uh, to some of the discipline that our listeners might need to make a transition in their life from indoors to outdoors. 
Yeah, I would love to, actually. And um, the actual process of writing a book, Meredith, was one of the most physically challenging for me. I've never sat so many hours before in my my life, and I realized that that's not good for us at all. It's 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 actually painful. Um, mm-hmm. Put your hip flexors like that. So I learned to get up every hour and walk around for one thing to be inspired and get some fresh air. But how it all really unfolded was... I had so many ideas and it was just overwhelming. So every day when I'd come in from training a client or working out myself in the outdoors, I'd take some of my, some of my ideas and concepts and write them on a little piece of paper and put them in a shoebox. When that shoebox became stuffed and full, it was time to write the book. And so I put all the pieces out all over the floor and, and had my outline all figured out and all that kind of stuff. And so I learned the process of... Um, putting together a proposal because you don't write the book itself initially. You've just got to write a proposal. Right, query letter. (laughs) Yeah, and the manuscript is, uh, the proposal is quite a big undertaking, but that's probably the most important part of writing a book is really having your ideas concrete and seamless. And so as far as discipline goes, um, that's the part I think where where it would be easy to fall off the cliff and say, oh, God, this is too hard and get frustrated because this is the, the, the marketing tool that you have to go to the publishers with. And I think that's why a lot of things don't get produced is because that, that piece is so um, important. Definitely. I'm in a, in a class with a bunch of writers right now, and we're going through that, you know, the proposal and the chapters and the query letters. And it, it's really interesting to see where people drop off the map. <laughs> it's one thing yeah. to say, you know, there's a lot of people that have a dream of writing a book, and then there's, you know, few people that actually make that happen. Um, yeah, and I can see, I can absolutely understand why. And, and, yeah. You know, because it is kind of like having a baby. It's so emotionally tied to you, and it means so much to you. And and uh, so that that gets frustrating. And it's there, you know, they say um, labor of love and all that is for sure. So when you submitted your proposal, did you um, did you have people inquiring about publishing it for you? Were people coming to you, or did you have to go out and, yeah, you and know, pitch it? Really- yeah, you know, like you, I was doing a radio show on Sirius on Lime, the Lime channel, and it was Outdoor Fitness with Tina Vindham. And um, a couple of um, literary agents heard me. And so I got a couple of different emails from, from some people in New York saying, hey, this is great ideas, cool concepts. Have you ever considered writing a book? And I thought, hmm, have I ever? So I interviewed both of these agents, actually went to New York and met with them. And the one was really passionate in what I've learned because this was my second go-around with a, an agent, is you've got to find an agent that's actually um, fulfilling your niche or working in that area. So my first agent was somebody local here, and I thought she was fantastic, but I didn't realize her niche was cookbooks. So whenever <laughs> we talk about the proposal, she said, well, in the recipes, you really need to, and, I, and it kept happening like that. I'm thinking, that what, you know, so we uh-huh. did, weren't able to sell it very well. The next one, these two agents, this was their niche, health and fitness, and one especially for women. And... Um, so that was interesting, too, is to find out, well, do I want a general population or do I want just women? You've just got to figure out. So you have a good connection with your agent. Make sure that they really understand what you're doing. And from there, they'll help you craft your proposal. So back and forth and back and forth. And no, this is not quite right. Back and forth. And so they become your coach. Once you get an agent, it's, it's all on because you don't want to waste their time. So that's part of the discipline process, too. Now you have a team member. She's on my team. He's on my team. Cool. And I think that is so important to find an agent. I love it. I love the process that you just described. So I I totally identify with it. You Mm -hmm. published your book in April of 2009. And how long from that initial opening of the shoebox or those emails that you received (laughs) after your show did that? What was that time frame? Yeah, the shoebox was five years probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually wrote some fitness manuals from those notes. So you came through my course, and I had fitness manuals, manuals written, and they were from the shoebox too. 
some of those, you know, the chew box kept going on until the book happened. But the agent, um, I met her in New York, and I wanted to rip it out fast. I was very anxious. And she said, oh, you know, it's a long process. So fast forward to going with a proposal in hand to a variety of publishers now. And then she mailed it out, and we had a few hits. So I went back east to meet with the publishing houses. And most of them, it's a year out from the day they sign you, a year, maybe even more. That's average. But one company that had a great um, offer said, we c- if you can do this and you know, knock it out in, I think, three months. If you can write this book in three months, cool, we can get it out right away for next year, you know, the beginning of the year. And I said, great. But then the others would be a year and a few months. I wanted it now. So I said, I can, I can knock this out in three months. I sat all summer long and wrote that book, June, July. It was due uh, September 1st. So I wrote that to finish the whole book, and then they published it and came out in January of the next year. So that's a really quick story, but I was ready to write and finish yes. it. Yeah. But typically, it's more than a year. And in it's the summertime. Long. Now, that's discipline. That's Total discipline. discipline. But now we've signed a contract, right? I, I owe them chapter one, chapter two. Chapter, you know, it was, it was sure. great because now I have an even bigger team. They're all you know, on your side. This looks yep. good, but maybe it'd be better like this. And I love that kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's, for a lot of people, that'd be frustrating. But for me, I thought, wow, they care about this. <laughs> this is important. I've got a team. I've got a team. Had outdoor fitness always been your vertical? I mean, I know you, that you've you know, done mountain bike uh, riding professionally and you've inline skating and trail running and skiing and all sorts of things. Has this always been your main focus or is that what we're seeing you know, as far as your external profile. Yeah, that's what you're seeing. You know, when I was raised in the mountains of Lake Tahoe, and so I grew up just being an athlete and loving the outdoors and integrating with it. So, you know, I happened to be a really good skier. I didn't really realize it until um, I was followed one day by a photographer who was very, very published. And I didn't know who he was, and we started skiing together, you know, um, on the chairlift is how, if you're a local, you just keep going up and down the same chairlifts, right? So you get on mm-hmm. chairlift with someone. Anyway, long story short is I ended up being a sports model for about, oh, God, 10, 12 years with full contracts for sponsorships and, and retainer money. So I made a great living for a good amount of time just, you know, sports modeling from mountain biking photos that you see in magazines or ski photos where someone's crashing through some snow and they're smiling. That's me. <laughs> they get paid for that. But, you know, so you're, you're modeling a ski outfit or a mountain bike, whatever, bicycle. So that was a career. But to stay fit for those photo shoots, you know, whether it's in skimpy little outfit skating along the beach, I had to be fit. And every time it came to, um, you know, train for skiing when I was competitive or whatever, it meant go to the gym. And I couldn't stand it. You know, I mm. remember the day I got off the treadmill and said, I can't enough. So I went out and I, I found myself on the trails in Tahoe. It was uh, the fall, boulder bounding from boulder to oh, boulder wow. of dry river beds and, and running down the hill and sliding on the pine needles and slaloming the pine trees. And I ripped that next year on my skis. And that's how I learned, wow, I don't need to do this gym thing. I can be out here what I, doing what I love. So I started kind of making things up as I went. And then I realized other people wanted to do it too. So Fast forward, I knew my modeling, my sports modeling thing, my competitive stuff wouldn't last forever. That's going to end. What will I do next? I thought, ah, I would love to do this with other people and show them how to do it. So I became a a personal trainer. I learned about kinesiology at school and um, became a trainer and then uh, started a business. So I transitioned from my skiing, you know, competitive life, Mm -hmm. sports and sponsorships to this business. And it's the best thing. It's wonderful. 
Oh, I love that story. You know, one of the things that I consistently hear from my guests over and over and over is there was this pain point in their life or, you know, hitting the bottom, which is how you were feeling on that treadmill. And then not thinking about creating a business or doing anything different. It had nothing to do with that. It's like, okay, this is not working for me. I need to do something else. And the solving of their own problem, the solving of your problem is the thing that actually propelled you into your soul's purpose. And I love it. I just think (laughs) that that's such a secret to success. I see so many people trying to succeed and... You know, the tagline, of course, to Living Green is everybody inspired to succeed. And that's definitely what I I feel like you've done for me. And then I hope that you're doing for for my listeners as well. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That is the greatest compliment ever. Ever. You know, and and that's the thing. I was just uh, celebrating uh, our 11th anniversary last night with my husband. And I was talking about how, you know, training that day. And I've been doing this every day for years and years. And I'm so happy. So that's when you know, when you're just happy, you're just content. Indeed. And it's not about the money, which we need to pay our bills, so it's not, not about the money, but um, it's, a, it's a career path. It's what our, you know, like you said, what your soul's meant to do. And when you find it, you smile a lot. You sure do. You sure do. Indeed, indeed. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsors, and then we're going to finish up the show. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to be a certified outdoor fitness trainer through your program, in case any of our listeners are interested in that, and how your program is, of course, the only accredited fitness program in our country. And just to touch on the American Council on Exercise and your role as a faculty member there. I'm with Tina Videm, and this is Meredith Medland, and I'm your host here on Living Green. You can find out more about the show at livinggreenshow.com, or you can check out the web at everybodyinspired.com. We'll be back right after this. Which will you like best, buying smaller clothes or the admiring looks at your beautifully thinning bod? With the Naturally Slender Quick Start program, you really can eat what you want when you want, and you'll find you eat less, enjoy it more, and if it's bad for you, you'll lose interest in it. This proven program leverages the power of hypnosis on your unconscious mind. In the first month, you'll notice four things. Your portions will get smaller. Your desire for exercise and healthy food will increase. Your hunger for unhealthy food will diminish and the craving eliminator removes foods you want to avoid permanently without ever missing them. Curious? Even if you've never tried hypnosis, we have a 30-day money-back guarantee and you have nothing to lose but the weight. Take the first step. Sample our free report, eight radically different weight loss tips, and whenever you're ready, get $100 off the cost with promo code SAVE at NaturallySlenderQuickStart.com. And we're back learning about outdoor fitness programs. Okay, Tina, so if there's anybody out there that's already gotten outside and they want to get groups of people outside in their city, what are the steps that they take to get certified with you? Well, the most important step is that they are a certified trainer or group exercise instructor or they have a health um, educational degree, you know, at least a two-year, four-year degree. That's important to have that base down. And once you've got that and you say, I want to expand to outdoor fitness, then come see me because I've gone through the hoops and written the manual so that 
you will go step by step from taking what you know from the indoors and from, let's say, your American Council on Exercise certification and expanding on that to take it outdoors and um, how to set up consistent programming so that your clients are getting what they need when they see you. Those will be their primary workouts. You cover all the bases from aerobics, anaerobic, muscular strength, endurance, balance, um, kinesthetic awareness, and so on. And then they can have their, um, their days doing yoga one day after that or some other sort of walking or supplementary work. Awesome. Very good. More information about that is also available on your website, outdoorfitness.com. And lastly, so there's a lot of different uh, fitness certifications that personal trainers and group exercise people can get. And I get so many questions about NASM and ACSM and ACE and AFA <laughs> and all mm-hmm. the different. Uh, I feel like I should just do a show on that and refer people to that to that show. So, as a faculty member of the American Council on Exercise, which is ACE, can you talk a little bit about the certification process and why you chose ACE to be involved in? Yeah, I, I would be happy to. Um, you know, it's important to go through a body, a fitness body, like you mentioned. Um, national strength and conditioning and these certain things. Well, they've also gone through some hoops to make sure that their certification, that they have an accreditation um, and gone through some standards um, themselves. So you want to make sure that they are accredited by a national, um, uh, the National Organization for Competency Assurance. It's NOCA. And once again, that's the National Organization for Competency Assurance. So make sure that your governing body is competent. <laughs> so there are, are a handful of those, and there are a lot that aren't very good. They're just, I mean, it's like going to the back of a magazine that we used to say, see and, you know, ordering a book and then filling out the paperwork and now you're certified. No, 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 no. You want to make sure that you have all your bases covered because you're working with people's bodies, their hearts and their lungs, and you want to know um, that what you're learning is top-notch. So that's really, really important. And I'm glad that you did mention ACE. I think they're, they're terrific. What do you get to do as a faculty member with them? Well, what I have done is I've sent my materials into them, and they've looked at it. So my manuals, my testing, my format, my class formats, you know, boom, 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 boom. And they look at it, and they say, this is, this is good. We approve. Put our stamp of approval on it. We say, go ahead and go train trainers. Um, and they can come through back to us and say, look, I took Tina's weekend level one course, and that's worth two, um, 1.6 um, continuing education units. And they will approve that say, great, we'll give you that. So to be um, updated with your personal training certifications, every couple of years you need to go get continuing education units to continue on with uh, your personal training to have that up to date. So you can come see me. And I will train you um, in the outdoor fitness techniques, how to put your program together, class formats, specific exercises, and you can feel safe that this is top-notch stuff because ACE has approved it or AFA has approved it or whichever consonant uh, combination you want to put together, letter combination, um, you, you know that this is top-quality stuff. And you're a top quality trainer. In fact, I know the San Francisco Chronicle named you as one of their top trainers and the top trainer in 2007. So that continue you. you continue to create success all around you. Well, I appreciate that. I just uh, I'm very grateful to be able to have the opportunity. Yeah. Well, I loved working with you. I know the people that work with you think you're the best. And and um, I just really wanted to make sure that people knew who you were, knew that your book was available. And I'd love to wrap up the show just with a couple points from you that are the, oh, I would say, 
not necessarily the statistics, but just a few bits on why it is so great to, to exercise outside. We talked about it, that at the top of the show, but just a few reminders yeah. about sunlight and the benefits of being outside. Yeah, sunlight. You know, when I look at indoors versus outdoors, natural light is so important to us. And studies show that just going from natural light to artificial light, it, it, um, our moods go down. They don't increase. We don't feel better when we go from artificial to, to um, I mean, natural to artificial light. Fresh air. The air outdoors is two to five times cleaner than indoors, and that's an EPA stat. Let me reverse that by saying the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, even in the most industrialized cities. So that's a hard one to get your head around, but it's just the recirculated air. So I keep going back to this thing about feeling good. Also, your body feels better when you're breathing clean air. So bottom line here is, like I said earlier, is that nature and the outdoors, the natural world is the most powerful contributor that we have to our health, fitness, and well-being. It's just right outside the door. Indeed it is. Well, I'm encouraging everybody to get outside today and enjoy it, no matter what the weather is like. Tina, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. Again, everybody can reach you at OutdoorFitness.com or definitely check out your Facebook fan page. And you've got lots of new things coming up. So before we go, can you give us a a little information about some of the shows and um, the Club Tina that you've got coming out so that we know what to look for in the future? Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. We're about to launch the new website. And what this is, it's a live website. I'll be adding information every single day and video clips and podcasts and things that you can um, you know, download for a workout. Just say, great, Tina's got this quickie workout for me. I can do it anywhere I want to. I'll download it and go out and do a workout. So that's at OutdoorFitness.com. And it's for enthusiasts, people who are just kind of, you know, I'm interested or just learning or maybe I'm really interested, but I'm not a professional. So, so for the enthusiast um, population and also for the pros, this is a place for pros to come and get new ideas, new formats, new exercises, new ideas on how to expand their own program. And it's going to be um, live in just a few days. So we're just switching over the website. So I'm really excited about that. And you can write letters and um, notes and tips to me. And you know, I'd love to hear from you. And I'd post it on the uh, website as well. Awesome. Way to go on that. Thanks so much for contributing to all of us. On behalf of everybody, I can say that we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Meredith. What a pleasure. You're welcome. For more information on this show or other shows on the Personal Life Media Network, you can go to personallifemedia.com. And if you'd like a transcript of today's show, you can go to livinggreenshow.com. Look at the right-hand rail and check out Outdoor Fitness. Click on that and scroll down and you'll see the transcripts from today's show. If you'd like to learn more about anything else that I've talked about on the show today, you can go to everybodyinspired.com, which is my personal website, and I'd love to talk to you. So please send me an email, give me a call, and let me know what it means to you to be living green. Thanks again for listening to Living Green. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com. 